When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Rosie and Carmen from Bones UK, and you're listening to Pantheon and Podcasts. History in five songs with host Martin Popoff, a production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. All right, welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff, brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon. I am pleased, as always, to be part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Uh, we've had some pretty cool announcements uh, recently about HD. Uh, Neil Young's given us some some uh, kudos. Very cool. Uh, but yes, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. But yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff happening with the company right now. Um, a lot of cool stuff happening with this episode. Uh, we are going to be calling this episode, uh, episode 46, The Foreigner Effect. And I have to um, give a shout out to Michael Hannon, the Hannonator, Hilljack, Salty Dog, American Dog, uh, for putting this over the top with coming up with one clear, clear example of uh, The Foreigner Effect that I had forgotten. And uh, and then I finished it up with coming up with one. I already had three clear, clear cut ones i threw some other ideas out there and the and the tribe is uh the tribe is active we've got thomas hackney and uh, augustine rich catino's giving me some good examples for my springsteen alike uh, episode who else is on here we got vanya um yeah a lot of people have been uh basically putting in a lot of good ideas here jacob Tannehill seconded michael's uh cool idea to make this episode go over the top so yeah it's good to get some nice help here we've got arthur raisin as well he's been commenting on my possibly putting van halen van hager 5150 in this one but i didn't need it uh because we've got great examples of this so let's uh let's get on with this but yeah thanks again uh to everybody when i put out these uh questions queries saying who else can i put in uh an episode to top this up so it's very very active over there at the uh facebook site for uh for history in five songs. All right, so we are calling this one the foreigner effect, and uh, we are calling it this uh, because the idea here is there are a bunch of 70s bands, 70s acts that eventually uh, look to their left uh, at this uh, at this you know rock scrabble band put together by a bunch of guys from bands that didn't go anywhere, um, Black Sheep and Spooky Tooth and whatnot, um, and uh, they're on Atlantic and suddenly they just take off like a bottle rocket. Foreigner does amazing. They've got this cool thing going with this kind of like gritty hard rock sound but with keyboards in it uh and the big thing here well besides the songwriting is lou graham you've got this great uh sort of um 
you know, uh, offspring of Paul Rogers, I suppose, uh, in there as a vocalist, and uh, and they just do amazing. Double Vision is is even bigger than the first one. Head Games does great. Foreigner Four. So they're this amazing band. Seventy seven, seventy eight, seventy nine. Uh, you know, into eighty eighty one. This is their big heyday, and uh, it's not uh, without some coincidence that everything we're going to talk about happens just after that heyday, uh, because basically, uh, you know, bands. You know, everybody's trying to look look to have a hit, and uh, and everybody's kind of looking at this foreigner band and thinking, oh, they're pretty cool. I mean, not everybody. I mean, this is a this is an isolated little um, you know phenomenon that happens, but it's very very pronounced. And uh, so so essentially, um, here's some bands kind of really changing their spots, uh, inspired by the success of Foreigner more or less, or bands like Foreigner, but really, it's Foreigner, and when you listen to this stuff, you're going to really understand why I'm saying it's Foreigner. Okay, uh, so let's kick it off with our first one here on History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is Rainbow with Stone Cold. Another dark and empty night If I was wrong, I want to make it right But you All right, so the story with Rainbow, of course, is that they uh, they are a Demons and Wizards band, an offspring of Deep Purple. They've got Ronnie James Dio in there doing all this cool mystical stuff with Rising and Long Live Rock and Roll. Then they have this pretty, this really cool, I think it's my favorite Rainbow album, uh, with Graham Bonnet on vocals. And, you know, they have a little bit of like a foreigner-ish type hit with uh, their cover of uh, Since You've Been Gone and All Night Long and these songs. Um, there's a little bit of party stuff in there, but it's a really heavy album. I just, I, it really rankles me when people don't realize how heavy that record is. Uh, but essentially, he only lasts the one record. And then what happens is um, we get uh, we get Joe Lynn Turner into the band. Now, this is a guy from, uh, also from kind of a failed band that didn't go anywhere, a New York band called Fandango. And uh, and essentially, uh, so Richie brings this guy in because Richie loves pop. He wants to have a hit. He loves Foreigner. He's, he said so. He loves ABBA. And uh, and essentially, uh, Rainbow ride their, ride the rest of their career out with these uh, one, two, three albums um, with Joe Lynn Turner at the helm. And uh, as you can tell on, uh, on that song, uh, it is very, very Foreigner. Corner, uh, like and they have they have other songs throughout this period uh, uh, that that are similar. Now, uh, yes, incredibly different band from the first half of the band. It's almost like two different bands. Um, but did it really work? Not really. I mean, this this isn't even the most critically acclaimed uh, version of Rainbow, and uh, and they did well. They were a working band. They did all right, but they didn't have any. They didn't, nothing went gold, so they had no certifications out of this. But. Um, but yeah, essentially, uh, Rainbow became quite a foreigner-like band. You know, heavier. There's still there's still Richie doing his uh, you know classical-based stuff across these records and some other you know forms of heavy music. But there's there's definitely a strong uh, foreigner vibe, and it comes from this very uh, Lou Graham-style singer in uh, in Joe Lynn Turner. All right. So, moving on, our second one here on History and Five Songs. Take a listen to this. This is Uriah Heep with The Other Side of Midnight. Waiting, 
All right, so your eye heap, very similar situation. They go from this kind of like uh, proggy, where are we going kind of band. They really kind of lost their way, especially with Conquest uh, 1979, I believe it is. Um, and uh, and they're going through a lot of members. They're basically dead in the water. So they come back with a fantastic, amazing album right in the thick of the new wave of British heavy metal called Abominog. But it's a completely reconstituted band. They've got Bob Daisley, um, you know, great, great bassist writer in there. Um, and uh, and and more than anything, they've got this Pete Golby guy on vocals, uh, and unknown essentially. But he has a very uh, Lou Gramish type voice, and they you know they they start writing in that direction. So there's those keyboard stabs that you get in there. Um, you you get a little bit more commercial writing. Uh, he is around for three records with the band. I love these records. Uh, I just love I love the Rainbow Records, and in fact, the theme of all of this episode is that I'm I'm actually quite happy when all these bands do this it's actually pretty cool um but um but yeah these records are fantastic uh this this uh song i just played you was off of the second one of the three this is off of head first and then they had one called equator where the production is not so good on it it's uh it's it's a little bit clattery uh, i believe it's tony platt producing that one but this one sounds great abominog is an amazing classic classic album um and there you go so your eye heat basically turn into a a gritty heavy they still they still have those harmonies but pete golby this voice sort of dominates things it's still mick box it's still lee kerslake but uh basically he he kind of dominates uh because a voice like lou graham or like paul rogers just dominates um and they kind of write in that direction and uh, and they make these three super fine records all right let's take a break here from our sponsors we shall be right back all right, back again. Here we are in History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. This is episode 46, The Foreigner Effect. What happens when this massive, massive band, a uh, foreigner, uh, starts uh, getting into your head, getting inside your head, and, and, and you know, you're, you're about to lose your record deal, and you're, and you're not making any money, and you're still not headlining, and you're still not a sandwich band, and you got all these parts, but it's time to, like, reconfigure what's going on. So all these bands are kind of doing that, um, and, and and our next one here, uh, take a listen to this. This is Kansas with Fight Fire with Fire. All right, so this is from the Drastic Measures album. Uh, it's the second album with a new lead singer, uh, John Elefanti, re- replacing, you know, the the awesome Steve Walsh. Um, you know, Steve Walsh uh, is also a little bit of that precursor to Lou Graham. He's got some of those styles to him as well, and he's got that same timber, uh, timbre. Uh, and John Elefanti comes in and on the previous album, Vinyl Confessions, and it's a little bit in this direction, but um, it's still it's still a little bit of the old 
Kansas, and uh, and there's some friction in the band. Robbie Steinhardt, the uh, the violinist, uh, leaves the band because of the uh, you know the increasing Christian leanings, which come from Carrie Livgren. Livgren wrote a lot of that record, um, but so he's gone for this record, and I love this record. I think Drastic Measures is a fantastic Kansas album. Uh, you know, but people would say it's not a Kansas album. It's not purist. It sounds like Foreigner. Uh, so that's kind of the deal. And you hear that with this Fight Fire with Fire song. This was a bit of a hit off this record. And the other really cool song that was a bit of a hit is called uh, Everybody's My Friend. Um, so, yeah, you, you get that kind of voice with this guy. And he also uh, kind of, t- he's a keyboardist too. So that's a big thing, you know. So so keyboards is on his mind. And keyboards is a big part of Foreigner as well. Um but uh, he's also in there writing uh, a lot of the songs. Um, this doesn't last, though. He is uh, he is basically out, um, you know, uh, three years go by, and Steve Walsh is back for the next album called Power. But definitely Kansas is right in there doing this thing, uh, trying, to, trying to be commercial, trying to have a hit. And they're doing it in the foreigner way. And I, I want to mention that a lot of these southern rock bands, you, you might call Kansas a little bit southern rocky, all of them kind of tried this. This is almost a whole episode on so they all tried this sort of commercially thing, um, but but I examined these bands to see if any would fit in this episode, and they really didn't. They tried a commercial thing. Uh, it's more of like a pre-80s, early 80s hair metal thing, a lot of melody, but not not particularly the foreigner thing. We're talking we're talking your uh, your Blackfoots and your Molly Hatchet uh, specifically more so. Um, but yeah, there you go. So Kansas uh, Kansas, Kansas definitely fits in this thing. Um, of this uh, The Foreigner Effect. Okay, moving on. Number four, take a listen to this. This is Ted Nugent with Where Do You Draw the Line? You and you Great song, and again, I have to reiterate. I mean, I am am pretty much on board when uh, when these bands have done this foreigner effect type thing. Um, the previous uh, Ted Nugent album to this is just called Nugent. I think it's one of his worst albums. Um, it, there's you know. There's all sorts of shifting personnel. It's basically the party's over with that record. Actually, intensity, intensities, I never liked either. So I, I love, I love Scream Dream. I love State of Shock. So basically. Uh, you know, 79 into 80, it's kind of all over for me with Ted. But, but you know, they come back. I mean, I really think this Penetrator album, so this this came out in 1984, uh, is, a, is a good, creditable Ted Nugent album. And again, it really doesn't sound like a Ted Nugent album. This is not his thing. But, uh, but you have this voice, and the voice is Brian Howe. He's a bit of an unknown, uh, but he comes in and again he dominates because a voice like Lou Graham dominates. So, so basically, um, this is a is a pretty good, solid, uh, uh, you know, early hair metal, uh, heavy Brian Adams. Like Brian Adams is a, is an important thing to mention here. Uh, you know, this is a a Brian Adams Jim Valance composition. Now, this is something that these bands do. Um, uh, Uri Heap did this as well. Uh, they had uh, they they had covered uh, 
the Adams Valance uh, Lonely Nights uh, on that previous record. Uh, so here you have that happening again. Um, and, and generally when bands do this, they, they do try to bring in some outside songwriting. So, so across all these, you, you definitely uh, get, get a little bit of um, outside songwriting uh, co- coming into the idea. Uh, so, so the Penetrator album, uh, I thought was uh, was a really good album, and I really like Little Miss Dangerous too, and that's also uh, somewhat in this vein. Um, and then after that, you know, he's he's kind of lost again. He, he's he's uh, there's if you can't lick him, and what what else? We got Spirit of the Wild later. He does Damn Yankees. You know, Damn Yankees is uh, is kind of in the in the style of this Penetrator album. It's a it's like a late period hair metal band, and they actually do really well. They they actually sell a lot of records, Damn Yankees, and that's a bit of a super group. So. So yeah, Penetrator, Little Little Miss Dangerous into Damn Yankees, and uh, what's the second one called? Don't Tread, they only made two records. Those, those four almost feel like a, a suite of albums, and they are sweet albums. And I think Penetrator uh, is absolutely a sweet album, and I think Brian Howe was a great addition to the band uh, doing this. Um, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, I gotta mention, he, he definitely fits into the Ted Nugent band because uh, previously they had Charlie Hune, who who basically sounds like this. Charlie Hune could could do could do a pretty good Lou Graham himself, but Charlie is his own guy. I mean, his his voice isn't exactly like that. But Brian does feel like uh, you know kind of a kind of Charlie Hune coming in again. Derek St. Holmes, yeah, you know I, that's a little different again. Uh, also an amazing singer. All all three of these guys are are great singers. So um, okay, so let's move into our last choice in episode 46 the foreigner effect um take a listen to this and we'll discuss this is bad company with long walk All right, so what's interesting here is that, uh, guess what? We have the exact same lead singer as we had on the Ted Nugent song in the Ted Nugent album. Brian Howe uh, leaps from the Ted Nugent band into Bad Company. Where's Paul Rogers, you may ask? Well, um, he's he's gone. So so the other interesting thing here is the guy who starts out this whole thing, starts off this whole Lou Graham thing, is Paul Rogers. Paul Rogers is the original Lou Graham, you know, across that free material and all those classic bad companies bad company hits it's that it's that phrasing it's that is that way of um it's almost like a casual a little bit of a talking a talking style in there a little bit of a scat style um you know a little bit of uh ad-libbing um and just this really cool sonorous bluesy voice so it's so so the you know the pedigree is paul through lou uh into these guys and yeah put charlie hewn in there i suppose um and uh and so here we have uh brian howe coming in from the penetrator album this is off of the fame and fortune album uh issued october 22nd 1986 uh i again out of all of these i would say you know my favorite time that this is done out of all these uh like the most successful creatively to me is your i heap followed by rainbow 
Um, Kansas is a brief period, but I do love drastic measures. Ted Nugent, I'm not I'm not a crazy off the hook fan of Penetrator and that style, but to me that's the bright spot in Ted's career. Really, from from Nugent all the way up into uh, you know that that Craveman Love Grenade era, which I love. There's nothing in there in between that I think is all that great, except for I do quite like Penetrator and Little Miss Dangerous. So. I mention all this to say Bad Company is kind of in that Ted Nugent camp, that Kansas camp, um, you know, tied for third, fourth, and fifth, <laughs> um, because, um, you know, I, I think this is good stuff. It, it's a creditable era for them. I mean, I obviously, I, 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 you know, I worship the original Bad Company. Not worship. I mean, I just, I, I do like that band. I think they're a really cool band. Um, but the interesting thing about this Brian Howe era is that, uh, so this doesn't certify, but 1988's Dangerous Age goes gold, 1990's Holy Water goes platinum, and uh, Here Comes Trouble, which I believe is 92, goes gold. So he's around in this band for four albums. That's a really good long run, and it's a super successful run for these guys. Uh, you know, people forget uh, how, how um, you know, Big Bad Company was in this. And, you know, they're, so they're basically in there as kind of a bluesy, rootsy, uh, grandfatherly band. So they've got the pedigree from the past, um, you know, Simon and Mick Ralphs. Um, but but they're operating, they've got this guy who allows them to operate in, in the hair metal zone or be valid in this. So there's a bunch of these hair metal bands that you could come from the 70s and still be successful in hair metal. You could be Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Kiss, Aerosmith. So a lot of these guys, Scorpions uh, did, did well in the, in the 80s as well. Uh, so a lot of these guys... Um, uh, a, a lot of these guys from the 70s, they're, they're, they're kind of allowed into the club uh, by, by basically being founders of the club. And, uh, and uh, with Brian Howe coming in, he gives them that, that sweet voice, that, uh, that Brian Adams, that Lou Graham uh, situation. And they can write around that and they could write these melodic tunes, uh, tunes and they can have some hits. So, uh, so this, was, this was good. You know, these bands, when they look back at this, you know, at the time, probably, uh, you know, most critics would be saying, ah, who cares? Bad company. Who's this Brian Howe idiot doing this, right? But when these bands look back and, and when, you know, fans who are there look back at these times, you know, with, with some rose-colored glasses and 2020 hindsight and all those cliches, I mean, it's, you know, you're going to look back on your career and realize that, that, you, that you had this extra long run and this, this second win, and it was just kind of cool having all that and doing all that. Um, so there you go. That's it. So that is um, episode 46, The Foreigner Effect. I, I hope you like this. Um, I did want to mention, um, what was I think? Oh, yeah. So I, I just had a, had another couple of things that I was going to put in. If I couldn't find five that were absolutely perfect. And one uh, interesting situation is when Van Halen got Sammy Hager into the band for their very first album, 5150, they actually had Mick Jones from Foreigner in as the producer. Very odd choice. Uh, and I can't say he really did much to the band. I mean, basically, Van Halen is a steamroller of personalities, and that sounds almost more Van Halen-esque than any Van Halen album, except for, you know, this, this shocking change in the vocalist. But... So they do bring a vocalist in who nudges just a little bit closer to to the bluesiness, um, you know, certainly away from what David uh, David Lee Roth was doing in Sammy Hager. Um, but what they do do that is a little more for foreigner ish is uh, is there are 
pa- uh, you know, ballads of various speeds. There is keyboards and and more like Montavani, Haygood, Hardy keyboards, not not the cool synths of, you know, jump or you know, our last episode, right? One foot out the door and stuff like that. No, this is this is basically big, you know, Hallmark greeting card keyboards, right? So they are they are essentially doing some foreignerish type things in uh, over you know across all of the Sammy Hager era in another one i wanted to you know i thought that was kind of interesting that most people wouldn't know about and, but it was too early to say it was because of the foreigner effect there's this Canadian band Moxie who had this really cool gruff singer and they were a really raw, heavy band. And then for their very last album before later reunion stuff, they brought in uh, Mike Reno, uh, who was called on this record, I believe it's called Mike Renowski or Mike Riznowski. Uh, basically, pre-Lover Boy, uh, Mike Reno was in Moxie for their, for their last album. Uh, what the heck was it called? Something the lights out on the lights, something like that. Anyways, they they um they became quite a quite a more commercial, softer band, and, and that guy's voice, uh, you you could you could nudge uh, with a little extra push uh, into this sort of camp. But I believe that record is 1978, so it's not really you, you can't really say this is this is a big foreigner effect. Foreigner's first album is 1977. Ah, maybe a little bit. You know, you're looking for a hit, um, and and they're thinking that this this guy could bring it to him, and boy boy could he because. Uh, you know, uh, Loverboy was uh, nothing to sneeze at. They were a massive, massive band. And there's another band right there. there there's a whole band, not one that changed, um, but there's a whole band that uh, that you could say has a little bit of that foreigner effect. And, and you know, they're, they're almost that hybrid between the foreigner effect of foreigner themselves. And there's there's also kind of a foreigner-ness uh, to, uh, to the whole Brian Adams phenomenon. Loverboy is there in Vancouver and Brian Adams is in Vancouver. And, and as I mentioned, we've got a couple Brian Adams covers, uh, you know, uh, across uh, the bands we talked about in uh, in this episode. Um, so there you go. Let's wrap it up there. Uh, you can go to the History and Five Songs Facebook page or my personal page. You could also go to uh, and comment, give me suggestions. Uh, as you can see, some of these suggestions, I mean, Michael gave me that suggestion and I was so basically uh, fired up to do this episode. You know, a half hour later, I was doing the episode after after getting that, that one nudge over the top and then and then, like I say, me coming up with Kansas. Um, so, yeah, go go talk there. It's a lively community. Uh, you can go to martinpopoff.com for any of my books. Uh, you know, I sign them right here in the office and send them out. Uh, the latest is uh, Anthem Rush in the 70s and uh, Denim and Leather, uh, Saxon's First 10 Years. Yeah, that's what I called it. Um, and the Maiden, oh, actually only the first Maiden is still available. Both Priests are still available. I'm talking these recent books. Satisfaction, the um, the 10 albums that changed my life that, that came from the Goldmine column. That was a fun one. Uh, but that's it. So we shall sign off. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, we shall see you again for, uh, hopefully, for episode 47. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.